The Song of Solomon, chapter 8, I think that's where I want to start. Verse 6. Set me like a seal upon your heart, like a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death. Jealousy is as hard and cruel as show. Its flashes are flashes of fire, a most vehement flame, the very flame of the Lord. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. Okay, King James, set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm. For love is as strong as death, jealousy is cruel as the grave. The coals thereof are coals of fire, which have most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love. So, uh, and I spoke on uh, James chapter 4 verse 5, which says, The Spirit who has, uh, that God calls to dwell in you yearns to be welcome with a jealous love. Okay? The Spirit of God yearns to be welcome with a jealous love. He is he's zealous for you. So remember in, uh, I think it's in John chapter 2, when Jesus went and, you know, threw out the money changers and, you know, overthrew the tables, I was everywhere and a whip and, you know. <laughs> and he said, my father's house, it's not a house of merchandise. He chased them out of the house. This, the disciples remembered said the, the scripture that says he will be consumed with zeal for his father's house yeah. Yeah. that word zeal is the fervor of love wow. okay so that love is like a flame burning mm. so God loves you so much that he is moved when something goes wrong around you mm. he will protect you at all costs God will go very far to keep you safe to bless you to prosper you he cares for you you are his body you are his temple so even in 1st Corinthians chapter 3 speaks of a fire it says there's a there's a foundation and that foundation is Christ so be careful how you build upon the foundation because you can build with wood and straw now you through the Bible trees and wood are people it's the flesh they in the straw all flesh is like grass the flower of grass fades and drops off okay so flesh and that's flesh wood and straw you can build with wood and straw on the foundation but when it is tested by fire, it will be burnt up. Yeah. Or you can build with gold, silver, and precious stones. With other words, there's some treasures that God shows you from His Word. There's some jewels, some gold, some beautiful things, preciousness that God shows you. And if you build that on the foundation, when the fire comes, it's not burnt up. It's, it's even, sh the brilliance of it is sh even shown more. Mm. Okay? Yeah. It cannot be shaken. Mm. Habakkuk 2, yet once more I will shake the heavens and the earth. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the starry heavens, so that that which can remain will remain. That which can be shaken will be shaken. Yeah. 
Now, I believe the love of God is, is a fire, and the love of God will test doctrines. Mm. Because God wants the church mm. to be totally rid of false doctrines. Yeah. Now, if someone tries to corrupt the church with false doctrines, God will set himself against him. The word says God sets himself against the proud. He gives grace to the humble. So he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, if someone comes to corrupt the temple with false doctrines, if someone comes to, and do harm to the temple, God will do harm to him. As someone who teaches the word, I just want to say, I stand before the cross, and I stand before God, I lift up the sacrifice yeah. that, he, that He brought. Yeah. I don't want to say anything that's not the cross, yeah. because my words will be tasted yeah. <laughs> with fire. Mm -hmm. But that fire already dwells in me. Mm -hmm. So I welcome God's fire mm -hmm. to come and burn up anything that is not of Him. Yeah. I ask Him, let His love come. Let the experience of the love of Jesus come and remove all fleshly ideas, all fleshly doctrines, all stubbornness of the flesh, all things that we kind of hold on to that we don't want to let go. Let Him take it away. Let Him burn it up. 1 Corinthians 3 says, uh, that which is burned up, you know, you'll suffer the loss of it, but you'll be saved. So, for the time being, no correction is, is nice. Yeah. When, it's, you know, when you believe something and God comes and corrects it, it's not always pleasant. Yeah. But Hebrews 12 says, afterwards it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness. Okay. So despise not the chastening of the Lord, for it yeah. yields a great reward. Yes. So there are many scriptures testifying, speaking of this chastening. But this chastening, that word chastening, is not God giving you cancer to teach you something. It's not God putting you in a car accident. God will fervently protect you. Okay. It is God coming with His word, with His love, correcting that which is in you, which is not of Him. That part, that reaction which is not him. Or that doctrine which is not him. With other words, he comes and he just points you to the cross. He comes and he takes you back to his sacrifice. He comes and he puts your face to his face. So that you can experience him, see him, know him. The point of deception is that you don't know it. When people are deceived, they don't know that they are deceived. Mm -hmm. That is the nature of deception. Mm -hmm. So we need to constantly stand before God and say, correct us. We need to constantly say, Lord Jesus, lead me. You are my shepherd. Yeah. Speak to me out of your word. If there's anything that needs adjustment, I'm open. Speak to me. Mm -hmm. Instead of clinging to our doctrines, trying to be right. Because yeah. trying to be right will not give you life. Yeah. Trying to be right will not cause power in your life. Mm -hmm. Okay? But knowing Jesus Christ will. Yeah. So, for you to experience the love of God burning in your heart is more valuable mm -hmm. than understanding all mysteries 
written in the scriptures. For you to know the power of God flowing through you, healing the sick, is more is worth more than having knowledge that supersedes all the other people. What's the purpose of the knowledge? Is the purpose of the knowledge to let everyone know that I have knowledge? Or is the purpose of the knowledge to give me intimate knowledge with God, intimate fellowship with Jesus? Okay, so uh, in 1 Corinthians 15 he says, uh, do not be deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. For some of you do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Okay? So there are a few scriptures speaking of the knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. Like 2 Corinthians 10. He says, uh, Our weapons are not carnal but mighty before God for the the pulling down of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and every proud and lofty thing which exalts itself Uh, against the true knowledge of God. So what is this true knowledge of God? It is this. You experiencing Him, you being on fire for Him, you being yielded to Him. So uh, Tom Scarella said this week, I saw some posts on Facebook. He's there with with Marnes in Potchefstroom. And he said... If you want the fire, yield to God. Mm, the, the more you yield, the longer you yield, the deeper the fire burns. Mm, awesome. Live a yielded life. Mm. Yield to the love of God. Let Him touch your heart. Yeah. Allow Him to reach into your heart and touch your heart. Yeah. That is the purpose. That is the focus. We need to experience Jesus. We need more of Him. It's not about knowing something else and getting some nice new thing that we haven't known before. Or being able to correct everyone with doctrine. What then? So, you know you've corrected everyone and then? Then everyone else, you know, takes people out of wheelchairs and, you know, cripples walk and, uh, you know, blind eyes see and deaf ears hear. But at least you corrected them and at least you're right. But there's nothing more. What's the point? So when I see something in someone's life, I see that same Jesus is in me. I want to do that too. If I see someone really prophesying, say, I don't see it in that way in my life. I want to see that part of Jesus in my life too. I want him to flow in my life like that too. If I see someone healing the sick or raising the dead, my heart is burning for that. I want to see that. I want more of that. (laughs) So I will drive far to sit in a service to let someone lay hands on me, someone who actually does something, but someone who has evidence that they know Jesus. So to me, it is more powerful to know Jesus than to know all kinds of doctrines and to have some kind of a paper that you get from some kind of institution so that people can think that you're wonderful and pay you for some money in the institutions. I'm not open for that. I want Jesus. I want God. And God can give me money anytime. I want God.
I want to know Him. I want to hear His voice. I want to experience Him. And when I touch people, they must be healed because that's what His Word says. Okay? So, um, if I don't see it, I think, you know, we should just see what the Scripture says about what we can have and go do it by faith. Faith means I don't experience it, but I go do it anyway. Because I believe God wants me to do this, so I'm going out and doing it. Yeah. So, concerning healing, I started 10 years ago and people started getting healed. Mm. Okay. So, uh, the day before yesterday, I just had this thing in my heart. I'm going to go, go seek out some sick people somewhere. <laughs> so, I went and bought some dog food at the vet. <laughs> so, when I got in my car, God says, go now. So, I said, all right. So I just drive, drive north. So I got to a certain road, God says, go right. I turn right, I go. I said, somewhere here, there must be some kind of a informal thing, informal settlement. I've heard something like that. So I stopped and asked people, no, you must just turn like this. So I turned and I went and I stopped in front of this guy's house. This guy, his name is David. He was, he's been sick for five years. He basically can't do his job anymore. They, the, his, the people at his job said, you know, if you're better, come back, but right now you can't work. Yeah. Okay, so he, he doesn't have an income. Mm-hmm. He can get his job back anytime, but he can't do it. Mm-hmm. So there he is. For four days, he was in bed. He came out walking like this. Mm-hmm. He can maybe walk to the to get some water. Yeah. Then he has to sit. Mm-hmm. Then walk back. Pain in his back, pain all over his body, pain, pain, pain everywhere. Mm-hmm. Can't do anything. So I just said, hey man, listen, God wants to heal you. Yeah. I barely touched him. I didn't even say anything. I just say, I command this pain to go. He went up like this. He said, I feel fresh. <laughs> I feel fresh. So he walked around. So we walked through the whole place. It's a, it's a new settlement thing. I've never been there. So it's now like a, a new treasure that I found. We're going to go there and minister. <laughs> so so uh, walking through the whole place, he showed me some, some, I think in 15 minutes, more than 10 people got healed like this. Yeah. Okay, pain's just left. As I laid hands on him, I felt a burning and the flow of this burning going towards him and he was healed. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm just saying, uh, if this Bible says love is like a fire mm-hmm. and, and it will burn away all the other stuff, I want to feel that thing. So we, we need the reality of Jesus in our lives. Mm-hmm. We don't need some kind of a nice uh, motivational speech mm-hmm. to get us through our interviews. Mm-hmm. or to get us through our hard days at work. Mm-hmm. Some nice motivational quotes that we can write you know, on, our, on our notice boards you know, in the office just to keep us going. We need the power of God. Yeah. We need Jesus Christ living and dwelling inside of us. Yeah. He's a person, He's alive, He's unseen, but He's very much alive and He's seen in us and through us. If we would just receive Him and let Him, Okay, so I think the biggest hindrance of the power of God and the love of God in our lives is 
you trying to fix your own life. The biggest hindrance is me going through to a course to how to become a contagious Christian. Me going to a course how to uh, get rid of bloodline curses. Me going to a course how to find deliverance from from curses of my forefathers. Uh, you know, me going to a course of how to... And we're busy fighting ourselves. We're busy changing ourselves. It's like Marne said something years ago. He said, uh, he, he had a dream. And in this dream, there was this tree. And this tree was the knowledge of, tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the whole church stood beside this tree. And they worked, 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 all around the tree, pruning it, taking off bad fruit, <laughs> you know, irrigating it and, you know, doing all kinds of things, you know, around this tree, working around this tree. And he turned around and there was a tree of life, another tree, no one was there. But there was a little fence around it. And the little gate, and on the gate stood grace. Mm -hmm. God said, you can enter by grace. Yeah. And he went in, and he took a fruit, and he ate. And as he ate it, he became a tree bearing fruit. And he said he, he could remember his frustration trying to get the people to come this side, even throwing them with the fruit. <laughs> but they, they wouldn't. They would look, and then, and then just go on. That is the biggest hindrance of the church. The church is not looking to Jesus. All across the world, the church is looking to change themselves, not to miss the heaven bus. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone is so psyched up of trying to get saved, and maybe I can just make it to heaven, that they miss out everything that we can have on the earth. Yeah. Okay? Uh, so, Winnie Bonhoff said something really nice, which really blessed me. I don't know who of you know Winnie Bonhoff of Revolution, you know, and uh, Global Celebration, Winnie and George and Bonhoff, okay? That lady is nuts. I love it. She says, God makes you righteous, not at the end. But at the beginning. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd have something to boast about. So, your first day with Christ, you are as righteous as you will ever be. You don't become more righteous by trying different things, by trying to change your behavior. Your behavior changes as you experience the love of Jesus. So you need to turn away from trying to change yourself. You need to tr turn away from being conscious of everything that you do wrong. Forget that you even exist. Mm. I've been crucified with Christ, I don't live anymore. So forget that you even exist. Yeah. And be completely lost in His presence. Look to Him and let everything in Him, all His glory, all His presence, completely take over. You need to look to Jesus. Looking to Jesus is the most powerful thing that you can do. And it is wonderful. 
to look to Jesus. It is marvelous to look to Jesus because He loves you. Yeah. <laughs> and He's good. Yeah. If you look to the law that tells you how you must change yourself, it is not marvelous. Condemnation does not love you. No. You do not feel loved. No. But Jesus loves you. Okay, so you need to look to Him. Okay. Right, just turn to Romans chapter 12. I really believe the love of God is the answer to everything. Um, before we read Hebrews, uh, not Hebrews, Romans chapter 12. Before we read it, um, I just want to say a few other things. Jeremiah 23 uh, says, Is not my word a fire? Is not my word a hammer that breaks the rock of all resistance? So we can just speak the Word of God. We can let the Word of God come into our hearts and it will burn up and destroy every hardness that there can be of sin and anything. You need the Word. So uh, we read Song of Solomon 8 verse 6. He says, uh, His love is like a fire. So the Word is God. God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. But God is love. Do you see it's the same everything he is the word so it's not about knowing scriptures yeah. Yeah. it's about knowing the word the person Jesus Christ yeah. he is love he is the spirit mm -hmm. he is the word mm -hmm. he is the fire of God he is the power of God yes. and he is everything you need he is holy <laughs> by you trying to change yourself with all your steps he's not going to make you holy he is holy but he lives in you and he chooses to dwell in you because he sanctified you with his blood with his sacrifice that is what you need to know to experience God to know the power of God here it is the blood of Jesus See the cross, see what he did for you, and believe it for a change. Marnus said a while ago, it's really something that really blessed me. He said, uh, if you don't experience Jesus, change what you hear. Mm, yeah. Or hear for a change. <laughs> if you hear the truth, hear for a change. <laughs> But because we get used to it and we don't realize what we hear. <laughs> so change what you hear if you're not hearing truth or hear for a change. Yeah. Okay. So we need the word who is the person Christ. Okay. So Romans chapter 12. Do not be conformed, verse 2, to this world fashioned and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind. Okay. Something that I can guarantee you is not in the mind of the flesh is love. Yeah. Yeah. So to know, to experience, to feel the love of God that He has for you will transform your mind. Yeah. It will totally shake up your world. You will never be the same again. Verse 9. Let your love be sincere. Hate what is evil, but hold fast to that which is good. Love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family giving precedence and showing honor to one another never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor be aglow and burning with the spirit 
serving the Lord. Rejoice and exult in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And then contribute to the needs of God's people. Okay. It's a nice thing. Nice scripture. <laughs> be aglow. Be burning with the Spirit. Serving God. Don't be... How can I put it? Burnt out. Serving yourself. But be burning... Serving God. Mm. All right? Mm. As you go out and minister mm. and give it away, it gets more. Amazing. As you go and give this love away, it gets more. Yes. As you go and give this fire away, it gets more. Yeah. Okay. Jesus loves people. Mm. He loves to answer cries, the cries of the people. He loves to heal the sick. Yeah. He loves to destroy yokes of bondage. He loves to do the supernatural impossible things. Guess what? He's going to do it through you. Mm. You are the answer of prayer of someone else. They don't see what they have yet, so God sends you. Mm. So someone's Someone's answer is on the, on the other side of your, dis, your obedience or disobedience. Yeah. So sometimes people pray, God answers by sending you. And then we say, no, I want to watch TV. Mm. We don't go, they think they miss God. Mm. God uses His church. Yeah. So if God, if Jesus is always out healing the sick, if Jesus is always out casting out devils, teaching, preaching, healing, uh, then I think it's a good thing to, to do what he's doing, then you will get to know him. <laughs> because if that is what he does, then we need to let him do it through us. Where we are, he is. Where he is, we are. Let him do it through us so that pe people can see he's with us. Yeah. You want to experience Jesus? Stop trying to change yourself. Mm. And go and give what you have. Yeah. Want to experience God? Go lay your hands on the sick. Mm -hmm. Because when you lay your hands on the sick, you are forced to look to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because there's no way you can heal it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I think it's always good to put yourself in a place where you have to. Mm -hmm. uh, Trust God, where you, where you have to have Him do something, otherwise it won't work. Where we have to get a breakthrough from God, otherwise, you know, put yourself in a position like that. Alright? So, when, we, when, we, when I preach the Word, I, He has to speak to me. Yeah. Otherwise, you will just get religion. And I hate religion. Verse 14. Do not neglect the gift which is in you, that special inward endowment which was directly imparted to you by the Holy Spirit, by prophetic utterance, when the elders laid their hands upon you at your ordination. Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties. Throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry, so that your progress might be evident to everybody. Okay. So don't neglect the supernatural things that God has given you. Okay. Second Timothy 1, verse 6. That is why I would remind you to stir up 
rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. Okay. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing, fawning fear. But He has given us a spirit of power and of love. Yeah. And of a calm, well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. We have received something. When you come to a service, you can go home and everything can be the same as if you've never came to the service. Mm. Or you can receive something yeah. and run with it. And what you receive can multiply. Mm. And tomorrow it's more. Mm -hmm. And the day after it's double that. The day after it is double that. Mm. Don't look to the limitations of the one ministering to you. If there's something that you can receive, receive it and then go make it more. Go do it. Go show how, how you, all the possibilities what you see in it. <laughs> okay, so he says, stir up the gift. So someone received the gift by the laying on of hands, by the word of prophecy. So a lot of people have a lot of books full of prophecies. And they just, it's good to write it down. Please get a book and write it down. I'm not against it. Please do. Because otherwise we forget it. <laughs> it's good to write it down. But what's the purpose of it? To just have a book yeah. full of prophecies. Do we need a book of prophecies? Or do we want the reality of those things and then be able to say, hey, God said it there. God said it there. God said it there. And now look. This guy prophesied this. That guy prophesied this. See, God did it. See what we, see what we have now. So, how, how you hear the word um, is kind of important. So, I'm just saying, the word that you hear is, is part of God speaking to you. It's God revealing Himself to you. You have a relationship with Him. The problem is, a lot of people hear a word from a distant God that they do not know, that they do not experience. And those words tend to reach the shelf, but not the heart. Okay? So people sit... And they think, when is God somewhere, when is He going to do this now for me? Mm. And with that mindset, some people end up bitter and even hostile towards God. Mm. Okay? But when we realize that we have fellowship, we are one with Him. By the love of Christ, He dwells in us. You are in Him, He is in you. And when you allow that love of God to move you, every day, a little step closer, a li you just do what, you, what He stirs up in your heart. Live an active life, a relationship with Jesus. Ask Him, what do you want me to do today? 
Holy Spirit, lead me. Touch my heart. Speak to Him. Let that love move you. Don't, don't grow cold. Stir it up. Keep the fire of the desire to see these supernatural things. Keep it burning. And go and do it. Okay? So I know there are challenges in life and people work and all that kind of, and, and it's good. But you know what? There's always, always opportunities during the day. Somewhere there's something where you can see God moving. I'm, I'm, I'm not urging you to be religious now, to be spooky or flaky at your work or anything. I'm saying, uh, if there's a desire to see the supernatural, look for opportunities and go do it. Okay, as we are active in doing the things that He leads us to do by His love, we will see words of prophecy also fulfilled. So stir the thing up. You have a word, grab a hold of that word and run with it. I'm not saying you have to fulfill it, I'm just saying move forward. Okay, for instance, uh, you can just decide. I'm not going to pray in the Spirit. Mm. The Holy Spirit is not going to fall on you at random in the middle of a meeting and then suddenly you burst out. It's not going to happen that way. The Bible says the Spirit of the Prophet, sub the spirit of the prophet is subject to the Prophet. Mm -hmm. That means you can decide, I'm not going to pray in the Spirit. Yeah. What does that do? It stirs up the gift. Yeah. Okay, Jude, Jude verse 20. He says, mm -hmm. You, man of God, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, mm -hmm. praying in the Spirit. So, yeah. okay. so this is part of it. It's just one way of stirring it up. Mm -hmm. So spend time doing it. <laughs> Be active. Okay, And then when you see someone who is sick, someone standing beside <coughs> the road who has pain or something, stop your car, get out, and do something yeah. okay or just you know that element of surprise or suspense what's the spirit gonna do next yeah. <laughs> it's like okay Holy Spirit what are we gonna do now okay let's just go okay I'm gonna drive here now yeah. okay where are we gonna go <laughs> lead me okay let's stop at this house okay oh here's this guy the pain is gone yeah. that guy's life was transformed he had a meeting with Jesus. And I was blessed because I saw God doing something. Yes. And I felt something happen. My faith was stirred. His faith, faith was stirred. Yeah. Miracles happened. Yeah. Everybody benefited. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Love was shown to Him. Mercy was shown to that guy. Yes. He will never be the same. <laughs> yeah. Let the love of God move you. The love of God constrains us. It impels us. It moves us. Because we are of the opinion that if one died, then all died. And we all died because Jesus died for us. Okay. So, God's love, Heidi Baker says this, God's love looks like something. It looks like something. She said they were in this, in this village, and this village had to walk like, I don't know, 15 kilometers to get water. Mm. No water. Mm. 
She said, love looks like something. It looks like a well. So that they don't have to walk. She didn't wait for them all to become saved. She, She got them a well so that they can have water because love looks like a well. Yeah, awesome. Do you think those people received their eyes? <laughs> well, they did. <laughs> but <laughs> love looks like something. Yes. Awesome. Love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Love is faithless. Okay? Let's read 1 Corinthians 13. Just look. Love is powerful. Love is something supernatural, something wonderful it's it's the gift of the spirit working miracles okay let's start at verse 4 1 corinthians 13 love endures long and is patient and kind love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy it's not boastful vainglorious does not display itself haughtily so it doesn't really care about being right or being clever or getting you know pleasing people getting commendation from people Verse 5, it is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride, it's not rude, unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It's not self-seeking, it's not touchy, fretful, resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up on anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. <coughs> Love never fails. <laughs> it's in two ways. It never fails. With other words, it will never stop in all eternity it will not come to an end some of the gifts of the spirit will come to an end but love will never because God is love (laughs) but also love never fails it has a 100% success rate (laughs) it changes a heart in an instant it changes a sickness in an instant there's nothing more powerful than the love of God okay so the love of God makes you free now let me get to the message (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just go to First John chapter 3. <laughs> Love of God gives you freedom and boldness. First John chapter 3 verse 18. Little children, let us not love merely in theory or in speech, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall come to know that we are of the truth and can reassure our hearts in His presence. Whenever our hearts in tormenting self-accusation make us feel guilty and condemn us. For we are in God's hands. For He is above and greater than our consciences. And He knows everything and nothing is hidden from Him. (coughs) Beloved, if our consciences do not accuse us, if they do not make us feel guilty and condemn us, we have confidence, complete assurance and boldness before God. And we receive from Him whatever we ask because we watchfully obey His orders, observe His suggestions, injunctions, follow His plan for us, habitually practice what is pleasing to Him. And this is His order, that we should believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and that we should love one another just as He has commanded us. Okay. So, His will for your life is love. Faith in Him, love. It's the same. You can't have the one without the other. Okay. So, uh, let, let us love in deed and in truth. Yeah. Not only in speech, but in deed and in truth. With other words, let the works of love be there. Let the powerful, miraculous signs and wonders works of love be in our midst. Yes. Yeah. 
Love looks like something. <laughs> love looks like an awesome prophetic word. <laughs> love looks like someone getting healed. Loves look like someone's needs being met. Okay. Alright. Then he says, If your heart accuses you, God is greater than your heart. Yeah. So the accusation in your heart is not God correcting you. Yeah. God corrects you by pointing you back to the cross. Yes. And He does it by His Word. Mm -hmm. And His Word is His love. Yeah. Okay. The accusation you feel in your heart yeah. is you accusing yourself by looking at the law and your sin. Yeah. Okay? He says, But if our hearts condemn us not, we have freedom, confidence, boldness before God. Mm -hmm. And we receive from Him whatever we ask. So when we lay our hands, Lord Jesus, we ask that this pain will go. We receive. Mm -hmm. We pray that this blind eye will open. We receive. Mm -hmm. We pray that this back pain will be gone. We receive. We pray that this dead person will rise up again. <coughs> Wakes up. <coughs> Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Confidence. No fear of man. Yeah. No fear of opinions of people. Awesome. Freedom. It exists in love. Okay? That love will always benefit everyone. But it will not seek the approval of anyone. <laughs> it's not self-seeking. Okay. Thank you that you love us, Jesus. Thank you that your love is so powerful. We love you, Jesus. Okay. Now, you're speaking of the boldness and the power here, but I want to see... I want you to see the love of God in action here. Yeah. The power of God working. I want, to see, I want you to see what someone who is bold looks like. Mm. Okay. Acts chapter 4. Verse 29. And now, Lord, observe their threats and grant to your bond servants full freedom to declare your message fearlessly. Mm. While you stretch out your hand to cure and perform signs, wonders through the authority and by the power of the name of your holy child, Jesus. What did he say? Love one another and believe in his name. Okay. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were assembled was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they continued to speak the word of God with freedom and boldness and courage. Okay. There were one heart, one soul. Mixed their stuff. Verse 33. And with great strength and ability and power, the apostles delivered their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace rested richly upon them all. 5 verse 12. Now by the hands of the apostles, numerous and startling signs and wonders were being performed among the people. <laughs> That's what boldness looks like. And love causes you to act boldly. It means you trust His power, not your own. You trust His uh, identity not your own. I think we need to just get over ourselves. <laughs> and start glorifying Jesus in everything we think and do. I think we just need to start getting over ourselves and the price we think we are paying and just exalt the price Jesus paid. And for a change, just believe and receive the love that He has he has 
proved for us by dying on the cross. In the life that he laid down for the ungodly. God proved his love in this. At the fitting time, Christ died for the ungodly. You can read the Romans chapter 5 from verse 6. So uh, I just believe God's love is much more than, than you feeling better about yourself. God's love will take control of you and transform you and turn you into who He is on this earth. Anything He can do, you can do. Anything He can do, you can do. Okay. So, uh, the love of God will make you look like Him. Yeah. So, read Revelation 1, you know, where they describe Jesus and Revelation 2, His, his countenance is described, you know. Read that and think that this is the one who's inside you. Mm. And this is the boldness that you can have. Yeah. Face shining like the sun at midday. <laughs> the word coming like a sword through your mouth. Yeah. Feet burning like bronze. That's who he is. Mm. Jesus Christ. That's our king. That's the one who loves us. Yes. We honor him. He is our king. And we need to let him be reflected in us and shine through us. Okay? One more scripture. Philippians 3 verse 10 said, that, that I may know Him and the power outflowing from His resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. My determined purpose, amplified, is that I may know Him and the power outflowing from His resurrection. Yeah. Okay? So I believe knowing Jesus transforms a country. If one person knows Jesus, it will... <laughs> set the whole country on fire. <laughs> so uh, we, we should stop looking at everything that's wrong and really have a meeting with Jesus. Let him touch us. Let, yeah. let us come out glowing and burning. Yeah.